Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Primal Potential is about you. Your ability to change is not defined by yesterday and doesn't need to wait until tomorrow. Your transformation is now. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton. A couple weeks ago, I shared with you guys an idea that I had for the podcast, um, and I'm still very eager. If you haven't given me feedback, if you haven't listened to the episode from two weeks ago, please do so, as well as to this one. I would love your feedback, but the idea that I had was opening up every single month anywhere from one to five opportunities for you guys, listeners of this show, the heart of this show, the whole reason for this show, you, to chat with me about something going on in your world, a challenge that you're having, something that you would like some support with or some strategy around and airing it here on the podcast. So as I said two weeks ago, back in December, I posed that idea inside the Free Primal Potential Facebook group. Most people seem to really love the idea and I asked for some initial volunteers and you're going to hear another one of those conversations today. I really want to know from you guys, do you like this idea? Do you want me to keep doing it? Um, Would you like to be part of it? I'm thinking it's something I would air on the podcast anywhere from one to two times per month, even if that means adding extra episodes. So that's what you're going to hear today. You're going to hear a conversation between me and one of my listeners. This is really a fascinating one. So to give you a little bit of backstory, and she'll share it too, this individual over a couple of years lost 140 pounds. Incredible, right? And then the pandemic hit and everything changed. You know, she was home more, work changed, home life changed, her kids were home, and she put some weight back on. And she went from having lost over 140 pounds to having lost, I think, just under 100 pounds. Still a ton of weight, but definitely felt like she lost her mojo a little bit. And so we have a conversation today about that, about what do you do when you know what to do, but either you're not doing it or you've taken a little break from doing it. You were in a great place. Now you're not in such a great place and how to get not only your head back in the right spot, but also your actions, your consistency, and how to change your perspective on some things like temptation, on some things like either this or that. Either I have time for this or I don't have time for that. Because of this, I don't have time for this. And an optimizing mindset in a little bit around that. I think this is something we can all relate to. Even if we don't have a weight struggle, there are times when things in life are just clicking and we're firing on all cylinders. And then there's seasons where we're not. Even though we had been doing well, something shifted that is normal. And also, we want to make sure we have the skills to recognize it and get back to a good place. So can't wait to hear what you guys think, to hear your feedback on introducing this kind of segment 
into the podcast moving forward, definitely let me know. Message me in the Primal Potential Facebook group or DM me on Instagram. You can find me there at Elizabeth Benton. I think you're really going to enjoy this show. So let's dive right into the conversation. Tell me a little bit about where you're at, what's going on. I know you know that I had posted in our big free Primal Potential Facebook group, like, hey, what do you guys think of this idea, doing this sort of just real life chat on the podcast, and you reached out to me and said, sign me up, <laughs> I'd be happy to be a guinea pig. Why? What, what prompted you to to want to have this conversation? Um, probably the fact that... Um I know what it is I need to do, but I just kind of have had a pause in doing it. Mm. Um, you know, starting back two Junes ago, which feels like a different lifetime, um, something clicked in my mind and I got my, myself on the right track with, um, with really just getting myself healthier is what I was looking for. I was feeling like I was having a difficult time moving. I'd been overweight my entire life, um, pretty much. Um, and somebody connected me with, with your podcast and I started listening to it and it just really spoke to me. Um, so that was kind of like a driving force behind the scenes, but I just really like something clicked in my mind that I wanted to feel good about things. And for well over a year, like I know that recently I've heard you talk about you shouldn't be perfect, but I really was pretty close to perfect. And it wasn't even that I was trying to be, it was just that I was so single-mindedly focused on doing the best thing I could for myself that even on Halloween, like I I had a peanut butter cup in my hand and I was like, I want to eat one because it's Halloween and I can and it's fine and it's not going to be a problem, but I, I, I like couldn't make myself even do it. Mm -hmm. So I, for, I don't know, a little bit over a year, I did really great and I lost 140 pounds and I was feeling fantastic. And, and then the pandemic kind of happened and it's not that I lost focused, but but life wasn't the same, and I've regained quite a bit. Um, not not even close to what I lost, but you know, I I I'm, I'm under under I'm under a hundred pounds lost now, which yeah. I'm trying to keep myself focused so that I'm still in a really good place as far as where my starting point was. Mm-hmm. But I just you know I need to put the brakes on and like turn myself back around to the way yeah. that I was going. Yeah, if that makes sense. So it totally does. And and first and foremost. Congratulations on the epic. I mean, losing 140 pounds is is a massive accomplishment. But I think even even bigger than that is the awareness that okay, the trajectory has changed a little bit. Life doesn't look the same with the pandemic, and especially for you, you're in education, so like everything looks different and new, home and work. Right. The ability to say okay. This isn't the direction and I want to change it as opposed to just tuning out and being like, whatever, who cares? I'm not paying attention. That is, that is huge. And sometimes you, you mentioned the perfectionist mentality. Sometimes we think that when we get out of debt, we'll never have debt again. Or when we lose weight, we'll never put on weight ever again. And while that might be the experience for some people, the vast majority of the time, it's not a linear trajectory. You know, when I think about business growth and, and being a small business owner, I would love for it to be like every month gets a little bit better and every year is better than the next one. But just realistically, most of the time, the dramatic majority of the time, the trajectory is not 
straight. It is not linear. And I, I share that with you so that this doesn't look like a setback or a failure, but part of a journey. It's just like you can have an amazing relationship or you can get over something really challenging in your relationship and you're probably going to run into something else that is challenging. You know, you can have some major financial breakthrough and you're probably going to experience a financial setback or a financial struggle again. What matters is how we respond to it, what we do. And I love that you said like, I know what to do, but I've just sort of paused in doing it. Right. Tell me right. a little bit about how you're thinking about things in this pause, like what's going on in your mind specifically to, to choose the pause, to justify the pause. Is it I'll start tomorrow kinds of things? Is it this one thing won't hurt? I've done, like, what is, what is the mindset now in the pause? Well, I'd like to think I'm a little bit past the pause today. Okay. Um, but, um, you know, it's like new year, new, you know, um, and I just, what, I'm not sure if this is really going to answer your question, but what I realized about myself is that I can't, how do I want to put it? Um, I need to be mindful of things always yeah. just because of my, the way my body works. Yep. So um, I can't just let it go and that's okay. And, um, and I'm actually, my, what I'm, my current mindset is, is I'm trying to look at it as how exciting it was during the period of time where I was maintain, maintaining my my trajectory in the right direction. Yeah. Um, how great it felt month to yeah. month, like that I was getting so many compliments. I was getting so many good, good bits of feedback from people mm -hmm. and also myself, you know, like I was feeling good. I was able like to cross my legs, like, like a normal person and, um, you know, things like that. So I'm, I'm trying to look at it as, even though I've done a little bit of a setback, I now get to re-experience that, that good stuff which, again you know yeah. I'm trying to trying to make a positive out of I don't want to even call it a negative because in the whole stream of my life I'm 52 years old it's gonna you know the I teach math so it's like if you think of it as a line graph it's the line graph is still going in the right direction it yeah. just took a little bit of a of Absolutely. a wiggle and um you know I'm still in a much better place than I was five years ago and I still feel better than I did five years ago so you know in a year from now I'll feel even better is what I'm how I'm trying to look at it um when you so, say like I have to be mindful I can't just let it go right. what does it look like for you to be mindful and the reason I ask that is when we're in periods where we're not taking great care of ourselves and we know what to do but we're not doing it Right. There tends to be a little bit of a dissociation with it. Like, I'm just going through the motions. I'm really not giving a whole lot of thought to it. On the flip side of that, what does that look like for you to be mindful? What is that in a daily practice? Or how are your patterns different when you're mindful than when you're not mindful? Um, I guess what I mean by mindful is that there are just certain certain ways of, of eating that I need to stick with as my regular. You know, I have a friend who has said, you know, well, when you go back to real life, you, you're going to have to eat pizza. You're going to have to eat this. You're going to have to. Eat. And what I realized at that time and what I do realize now is, you know what, not only do I not have to, but I really shouldn't because it doesn't make me feel my best. And 
clearly we went to Disney World um two summers ago mm-hmm. and we had the full meal plan and I just ate whatever I wanted to eat because I was like we're at Disney for a week I've lost so much weight it's fine when I got home and weighed myself I had gained in one week like 24 pounds which I know is not real weight it's a mm-hmm. lot of just the garbage that you know but I was like whoa and that was like not even going overboard that was just eating just indulging regularly. Yeah. And I was like, okay, so I just can't do that. And you know what? It's okay that I can't do that because when I eat like a really amazing meal with like cauliflower and cheese and meat, like that's indulgent. So why do I need to eat the garbage? That's not good for me. So that's like what I, what I say, I have to be mindful. I have to remind myself that eating well is just as indulgent as eating poorly, but it's good for me. So, Mm -hmm. and I have to just remember that and not listen to people who say it's okay you can just eat this because everybody does and you have to eventually no I don't I don't have to you bring up a really good point that's a tool that I use constantly and that is you know you can eat healthy or in alignment with your goals or in a way that makes you feel amazing that is indulgent but you can also eat healthy or in a way that's in alignment with your goals and it's not it's boring and it's bland and it sucks and and I've done it both ways right (laughs) like I've done the um white fish and steamed vegetables and and hated every second of it. And I, when I talk to somebody who says what you just said, who realizes that, that it can be indulgent both ways, I can look forward to it and enjoy it both ways. You mentioned earlier that you'd been overweight your whole life. Have you done it both ways? Have you experienced that both ways? Because for the person listening who's like, eating healthy is not indulgent or, you know, eating in a way that helps me reach my goals or feel my best. And it sucks. It's boring. It's never as good as whatever. Have you experienced it both ways? And how is it different when you say it can also be indulgent? Did you mute yourself? I can't hear you anymore. Sorry, I hit the button. Oh, it's okay. Can you hear me now? Okay. Yes. Yeah, about about 17 years ago, um, I had a two-year-old at the time, and I, I had a pretty decent weight loss. And I did it at that point in time by basically eating, like, chicken and salad, and that was it. And I, I got myself convinced very easily that that was okay, that I was just eating to eat because that was fuel, and it didn't matter what I ate. It didn't matter if I loved it, but it was, like, serving a function. And obviously, I – that worked for a period of time, but then I regained the weight plus then some. More recently, what I've learned is you don't have to eat that way. And like certain foods like Brussels sprouts and cabbage have come into our our household, which still shocks me. My husband's like, yes, Brussels sprouts. And I'm like, what are, who are we? Um, but, but they're really delicious and they're much more satisfying. And yeah. things like um, different things that I make with using cauliflower as a base, like that can just taste delicious and doesn't have to be boring. Um, And there was, there's one particular meal that I made and I took a picture of it and I was like, how would anybody say that I'm depriving myself when I had, I think there was shrimp on this side and there was um, cauliflower with um, sausages, I think I had in there. I don't know, but whatever it was, but it was everything about it was just, just yummy. There was another word for it. And like, no, it wasn't a hot fudge sundae, but as far as what I felt after I ate it, I felt very satisfied. So yeah, um, so I've done it both ways. And I think that by not depriving myself, um, I'm less likely to ricochet back. Although, like I, I think I said, um, 
you know, during the past six months, it's, you know, everybody's in a funk in my house. And I have a 24 year old son who's an actor who's out of work and was on tour that, that got stopped last March. And he's kind of in a funk. And, you know, when you're in a funky place, people bring things into the house that maybe shouldn't be. And it's just tempting. So, but in the past couple of weeks, I've kind of had to sit down with myself and said, you know, you remember six months ago, how you felt, and I'm trying to head back in that direction. One of the things that when I think about tempting, Mm -hmm. I think it's entirely a perspective game because I can totally go down the path of pizza is tempting and ice cream is tempting, but I can also go down the path of pizza and ice cream are not tempting. And it goes back to what you talked about and wanting to feel good and remembering that trajectory and remembering how good it felt to take great care of yourself and see and feel the results of that. What it's to me less about the food that comes into the house or less about I'm home all the time versus I'm in my normal routine or people are in a funk, people are not in a funk. And how do I think about this? Right. Because now with the thought process of, I want to feel great again. I want to be on that trajectory again. Remember how I felt six months ago. It doesn't matter what he brings in. You're going to be thinking about it differently. Right. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. And for when I started on, you know, when, when I had that mental switch back two Junes ago, I, I was alone, you know, in my, in my house with that mental switch. Everybody else was just living their life, doing as they always had. And it was fine. And I had, I had no temptation to do anything besides what was good for me. So I don't know. I don't really quite hundred percent understand what happened that I allowed myself to go kind of in the other direction in the past few months. But um, I think I've, I'm, I'm working hard on just getting myself to, you know, I, I, I hear your voice. I hear like, it's funny, the quotes that, um, that I would put on the mugs are different than the quotes you put on the mugs. Yeah, yeah. Like the every choice is a chance is one that I would say. Yeah. And um, the uh, do it anyway, yeah. do it anyway, you know, is, is yeah. another one that I, it's like, okay, I could, I could just go eat a piece of pizza, but I could also get up and go for a walk. So do it yeah. anyway. I don't really want to, but do it anyway. Yeah. And, um, and I'm much happier with myself. And I, I, I felt myself kind of going into almost like a dark place. Um, There's a, there's a TV show called Nurse Jackie, which um, she was, she's a a narcotics addict and she's a nurse and every season, like she got better and then she would slip back and then she would get better. Mm -hmm. And I watched, I binge watched that this summer and I was like, oh my gosh, I see myself that way, Mm -hmm. but with like bad food, you know, Mm -hmm. like I know better. Like every time she would grab the handful of pills, I was like, Jackie, you know better. And then I would say that to myself too. I was like, it's exactly the same thing, mm-hmm. um, but not with narcotics, you know, and it's, I don't know, I just- You know, when you say like, I don't know what it was that, you know, got me back to that, it's perspective. Mm. It's perspective because when I hear the way you talk about food, whether it is, you know, your cauliflower and your sausage and shrimp on the side or whatever else, the food you ate when you went to Disney, it's all in how you choose to see it. You can choose to see it as this is going to make me feel amazing, or you can choose to see it as this is going to taste amazing, right? And what I remind myself is that food and my evaluation of it isn't just, would this be yummy 
or would this not be yummy? Because I am the first person to raise my hand and say, I love a good slice of pizza. I love a good cupcake. I love a good spicy margarita. I love all of those things, but my evaluation of it can't stop at, would this taste good or would this not? It has to extend to, how am I going to feel about this afterwards, right? And when, oh, I love to ask myself this question, if I'm looking to be fulfilled, like I want something yummy, how can I make it more nourishing? And if I'm eating for nourishment, how can I make it more yummy, more delicious, more satisfying, more indulgent? And for me, that is what allows me to stay consistent. You know, I'm going to have the cupcake, but I want to do it in a way that makes me feel amazing, which has to do with quantity and frequency. Mm -hmm. When I have my cabbage salad bowl, I'm going to add goat cheese and bacon because that makes it more satisfying, more indulgent than, you know, just having a bowl of, of sauteed cabbage. And if you continue to challenge yourself, it goes back to what you're saying about paying attention and being mindful. How am I thinking about my food choices? How am I thinking about my body? How am I thinking about my decisions in general? If you begin the practice of evaluating that, am I thinking about it in terms of like what would taste good or what's here or what's convenient or what's easy? Or am I thinking about it more completely in terms of what's going to make me feel great? What am I going to feel good about tomorrow? How can I go to bed tonight feeling proud? What's one thing I can do to make this more nourishing? That right there is the difference maker. Right. Right. In quarantine, I know when you emailed me when I had first um, posted that I was going to try out these kinds of episodes on the show, you had said that um, what worked for you before COVID isn't working when you're in the house all the time. Do you still feel that way or has your perspective shifted? Because I think that no matter where we're at in it, that is a real conversation for people on the weekends compared to on the weekdays or on holidays versus non-holidays. So where do you sit with that perspective right now? Um, I, I think the biggest thing about the quarantine and, and currently teaching completely from my house is, is the lack of movement. Mm, And, um, and you know, like my normal life, I end up just the nature of even just like little things like walking to and from my car and into and out of the school and around the school building, you get a lot more daily steps in. Whereas Mm -hmm. like walking from my bedroom to the room where I'm sitting now, where I teach from is a 10 foot walk. So what I, um, that part of it is, is just a truth. Um, and with it being winter and cold outside. So I have, a a recumbent exercise bicycle Mm -hmm. and I've kind of paired that with, I have like a 2021 resolution that I want to get back to reading. So I've kind of gotten away Mm. from that a bit. So I've tried to pair that. So I'm like every day I'll go on the bike and I'll read and I'll kill two birds with one stone. (laughs) And that helps with like the whole quarantine aspect of the change. It's not the same as walking around, but at least it's movement. And the movement piece is I think what has, has caused a a lot of the problem with what worked before doesn't work now because I lost that movement. Yeah. (laughs) It does. It does. Okay. And and I feel the same way, especially more so 
because of winter and like here it's just cold yeah. and dark and we don't have as many daylight hours. What has helped me tremendously is before I do the optional things I like to do, whether that's watching TV or being on Pinterest or whatever else, I'm, I work out first. Like that's right. just the thing because for a while there, when the weather turned and the time changed and you know, you're just not going out as much, I would find it would come to the end of the day and I'd be like, crap, I didn't do anything today. You know? So I got a couple of kettlebells that I keep in my house that are, uh, I have a 55 pound one in my office, but that's not really great for the everyday kind of stuff. So I got a couple of 12 pound kettlebells and I make sure that I'm doing some kind of intentional movement before the TV goes on, before I'm wasting time on Instagram. And it's easy to break that promise to yourself, but it's also easy to keep that promise to yourself. And again, that goes back to perspective. It goes back to perspective and the fact that discipline is a habit. It's a habit fueled by a perspective. I think a key thing that you just said that just struck a nerve with me is you said, keep the promise to yourself. Mm-hmm. Because I think I often, you know, I'm, I'm a, a mother, a wife, a teacher. I have four kids. Um, none of them are little, but still, like, I find myself sometimes in my own mind br- blaming them on why I don't do things for myself, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, because we're, we're big game players. Like, mm-hmm. ga- we, play, we play board games and things. So I'll move from sitting all day teaching to like sitting in the dining room playing games. And it's mm-hmm. just a lot of sitting, you know, mm-hmm. so it's not like slouching in front of the TV, but it's still not movement. But I have to, I have to keep that in mind is like to keep the promise to myself that before I find myself drawn to that, take care of myself first, because it's important. And two, what helps me with that is what kind of mom do I want to be? What right. kind of example do I want to set? And I know that it is what we do that they learn from more than what we say that they learn from. And, and I want my kids to see me prioritizing self-care. I want yeah. them to see that. And yes, quality time and family time, playing games together is very important, but these things don't compete with each other. We just have to be more creative in how we make time for them. So whether your kids are grown or they're not grown, you are setting an example based on how you treat yourself, how you make and keep promises to yourself or not. And that is more powerful than anything you will ever say to them. And I like that you said self-care, yeah. <clears throat> excuse me, instead of just like thinking of it as like what I'm eating, what I'm moving, how I'm, it's just like taking care of myself, which is a bigger picture um, than just the food that, that we eat, you know? For sure. And self-care too is not just what we do, but it's how we operate. Right. I want my kids to see that I keep the promises I make because so many people keep the promises they make to others, but not to themselves. I I want and I need my kids to see that I have integrity with me. When I say I'm going to do something, I do it and they witness that. That is incredibly powerful as a tool that you give your kids at any age. Sometimes we see self-care as what we eat and how we move, but self-care is how we operate as well. And I think there are a lot of parents out there whose kids see them constantly putting themselves last and not right. following through. And, and if we want our kids to be productive in the workforce and happy in their lives and great partners in relationship, they need models for integrity, right? And integrity is doing what you say you're going to do, not just for other people, but, but beginning with foundationally with yourself. Yeah, that's true. 
And it goes yeah. back to every choice is a chance, right? Yeah. Every yeah. choice <laughs> is a chance to demonstrate that for, for your kids. Right. And for yourself. I mean, how much better will you feel going to bed knowing that despite the fact that you spent 12 hours of the day in your home or, or you know, 22 hours of the day in your home, whatever it ends up being, you still got movement in. Even though it was pouring rain or it was snowing or it was dark at four or whatever, you got that movement in. I look for ways to make myself proud. It's one of my journaling prompts every single morning. I'll go to bed proud tonight because, and I am on the lookout. It's little things. It's little things like I emptied the dishwasher so I could put my dish away instead of just leaving it in the sink. Like that's just a little tiny thing, but it's cumulative and it makes a difference. You know, I put my book down and stopped what I was doing to say goodbye to my husband when he left. It's the smallest thing, but the reality is all big things are accumulation of small things, positive and negative. Right. Whether it's our relationship with ourselves, it's our health, it's our relationship with a partner, with a kid, it's our finances. Every single huge thing is a compilation of tiny, tiny, small things. Right. Looking for those wins is massive. Very true. And I, I just wrote down on my paper in front of me, make yourself proud, because I think that's a sign I think I need to be facing me where I'm, you know, where I spend a good part of my day right now. Cause I think that's, yeah. that's, that's key. Yeah. Like, Every choice is a chance to do just that. Yeah. You know, when we think about, well, I could do this or I could do this. Well, what's the decision that would make me proud? What's the choice that could make me proud? How can I do this in a way that I'm present and I'm enjoying myself and I'm being a good mom and whatever. And I'm also making myself proud. It's rarely this or that. It's rarely, well, I can work out or I can play games with my kids. No. How can I do it both? 99% of the time, we just need to be a little bit more creative. Right. How can I get my reading time in and do my work and be more active? How can I fuel my body brilliantly and enjoy it and not feel deprived? These things are not at odds. When we tell ourselves that they are at odds, we're just not being creative because there is a way to make it work together. We just have to demand of ourselves that we consider that. Yeah, so true. And Creativity is 99% of success. Right. Well, and um, a lot of it is just like not spending the time should I do this or that? It's like, just instead of debating it, just jump in and do this and then do that. And then you get right. to do both and you don't waste the time. Because <laughs> a lot of times I, that's uh, all of a sudden half an hour is gone and I haven't done either because I've been debating which I should do, that kind yeah. of thing. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and even if you think, well, I can't, I can't do this and then that, there's only time for one. Ask yourself, how can I make both work? How mm -hmm. can I do it both ways? you will find that the vast majority of the time there is a way to make both all three, all of the above work. But you're right. We waste a lot of time in the thinking. Mm -hmm. And if we could shorten our time in thinking and planning and perseverating and rehashing and judging and all of that kind of stuff, <laughs> if we could shorten that time, we'd be shocked at how much more capacity we have. Oh, yeah. All those moments where you're like, wait, what happened in the last hour? I don't even know. What was right. I doing? <laughs> <laughs> there is enough time. I mean, you look at people who are doing big, huge things in the world. They have the same amount of time as we do. Right. They just use it better. They just use it better. And I think that when people say, oh, I don't have time to do this and do that, I guarantee you if we hired a professional to do an audit of your time, 
they'd find the time. It's there. You just need to be more creative. It's the same thing if we talk about there is a way to eat healthy and enjoy it and not feel deprived. There is a way to be at home all day and play with your kids and do your job and be active. You just have to be more creative. It is all possible. That's why it comes back to thinking differently. If you find yourself stuck, if you find yourself struggling, if you feel like, gosh, what changed? I don't know. It will always begin with your thinking. When you change the way you think about temptation, about food, about body weight, about movement, about money, about relationships, about a person, about a situation, every single time you change the way you think about it, you're going to change your results. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, if I really like, audit, to use the word you just said, um, what's happened during this past few months, um, it was just a shift of my thinking. Um, and I say just, but just is not, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's minor. It's, it's pretty major. Um, Yeah. And the beautiful thing about that is that we can always change and make it better. It doesn't take education. We don't need more time. We don't need some special skill set to be developed. We have the opportunity to think differently. And a lot of times people will say, I don't know how to think differently. I've thought of weight loss as a sacrifice and a struggle and of missing out for my whole life. I don't know how to think about it differently. Start brainstorming. Ask 20 people. Go in the Primal Potential Facebook group and ask for their thoughts. Like, Mm -hmm. there are so many ways. Don't stop at I don't know. If you think... I, I just hate working out. And I've always thought about it this way. I don't know how to think about it differently. I don't freaking believe you. I just think you haven't been willing to be creative and do the work yet. Right. Right. And that's, that's what it comes down to. And I think that's really powerful. And, and I think you have, and I think you know this, everything you need to make this about face now and, and create momentum again. But more than that, you have everything you need the next time you're in a funk or a slump or the mood in your home changes or your career circumstances change. You have what you need every single time because it's between your ears. Yeah, that's true. And it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. I was going through a tough, uh, we'll call it a tough couple weeks in my marriage where I just, I was irritated by just about everything he did for, I mean, (laughs) sometimes for no good reason and sometimes for lots of good reason. And just feeling like, why are we missing each other? Like what, what is, what has changed here and how do I make it better? And, and I even thought like, how do I make this get through to him? And then I, I had a moment, I was sitting in bed reading and I thought to myself, I have to change. I have to change the way I think about it. Because for as long as my thought is, you know, we're disconnected, we're not getting along, every little thing seems to set one of us off, that will continue to be the pattern that I choose and the pattern that I create. When I shifted my energy to you're hysterical and I adore you and I love spending time with you and let's do something fun. It changed both of us. It changed both of us. And that same exact thing happens in how we view food, in how we view ourselves, in how we view our work, in how we view our health, in how we view our weight, our money, absolutely everything. That's why I'm passionate about mindset because it changes everything. Oh, absolutely. It really does. Yep. Well, Pam, thank you for being willing to to share. Congratulations on 
the incredible progress. I mean, holy moly, losing 140 pounds is a, an achievement of a lifetime. And what you're, what you're seeing, what you're experiencing is the journey, right? It's just right. not perfect and it never ends. We never arrive. It's just a different chapter. It's a different thing. And, and the best news of all is that you have everything it takes. Right. Thank you so much. <laughs> it is my pleasure. I'm so glad that we got to connect and I'm grateful that you were willing to, to be honest and to open up about your experience and, and the way that you already have, have created that, that change in trajectory already. Thank you. It was my pleasure. And it was wonderful to talk to you. And, you know, it just opened up my, my mind even more to just think, you know, that the key is to um, make myself proud and make the best choices I can in any situation for my life, which will then carry over to the rest of my family and the rest of my life. So it's a beautiful thing. Thank you so much, Pam. I hope you have an amazing day. Thanks. You too. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening to the Primal Potential Podcast, where our goal is not to help you learn. Our goal is to help you change. This is a year of action. Take something you learned from this episode and put it into action in your life today. To learn more about working more closely with me and the Primal Potential team, please visit primalpotential.com forward slash transform.